0: Welcome in to Sport & Order. Good to see everybody with us today. It's America's number one debate show on the internet that runs at 4 o'clock Central Time on Monday afternoons, hosted by yours truly, Mark Carmen. We've got some great topics today, expecting a very, very intense debate as we bring in, I believe this is our first professional woman on Sport & Order, Ashley Young. (laughs) Straight out of Mount Laurel, New Jersey. She's a Sixer fan. She's an Eagle fan. She has is, she is grown up with Joel Embiid. Ashley, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Carm. Happy to be here.
0: And from, I guess, across the way, it's an East Coast battle here out of Brooklyn, Yanks go yard. Check out the new podcast, check out the website. Brown University, he's smarter than me. I have no problem saying that. Adam Weinberg. No, you don't you don't get to shake that off. You you you've definitely got the brain power, Adam. Welcome to Sport in Order. Thank you so much for having me. I will yeah, I'll bring up complex math theorems until I end up winning this whole thing. <laughs> That's not a terrible strategy and for the <laughs> record, I did put out a great math little video that people should check out it at, at the carm after the show is over all right 11 topics 30 seconds for each topic for each contestant and then I will be doing the scoring and um, yeah we're gonna let Ashley go first here because she's been in the family just a little bit longer than Adam and I also word on the street is that Ashley's very nervous so if you're very nervous I'm gonna make you go first and we're going to start with the NBA today, guys, and specifically the Houston Rockets. I don't know how they came back and beat the Milwaukee Bucks last night, but they did it. The question, number one, is are the Rockets a real threat to emerge in the Western Conference? They've beaten the Bucks. They've beaten the Mavs in our bubble. They're 2-0, and and some people think that they might be the biggest challenger to the Lakers. Are they a real threat? Ashley, 30 seconds.
1: All right. The, well, Carm, don't expose that I'm nervous. What's said before the clock starts is in confidence. <laughs> But the Rockets are absolutely a threat because they have all the workings on paper, and they showed us that the past few games. They have the experienced leadership. They have Russell Westbrook. They have James Harden. They're the best in terms of scoring, number one, second in efficiency. They have all these pieces. And the other layer going into the playoffs is this wild card factor. Is coronavirus going to alter the things? I'm going, the Rockets have the opportunity to go far. They have the pieces. Why not bet against them? Or why bet? don't bet against them?
0: Well, I, they both work. And I gave you a point for just calling me out that I should not have said you were nervous. Uh, that's, you know, a lesson for me to learn on my own oh, show. So, so that was your first point, by the way. And I, I like that you knew the efficiency ratings as well. Uh, that was actually a learn for me right there. So thank you. Adam, what say you? Are the Rockets a real threat in the West?
2: No, I don't think the Rockets are a real threat in the West. I think we learned, what do we learn from the Dallas game? That the Rockets can win a shootout with anybody in the Western Conference. I think we knew that already. Uh, this is the same team that we've watched for the past several years Have uh, go completely cold in crunch time when it matters most. Why would that be any different with Russell Westbrook clogging the paint this year and James Harden taking time off before entering the bubble? The circumstances are worse than ever, and we've already seen, you know, we have a lot of evidence of the Rockets not being able to come through, and this is the hardest it's ever going to be for them. So I'll say no.
0: So let me ask you a question, Mr. Weiner. You're saying that Russell Westbrook does not have the clutch gene. Did I hear that right? Look, it's not up to me to determine
2: who does or does not have the clutch gene, but if he had it, I think I'd know by now.
0: Woof! Woof! Just a, just, I'll give you an extra point there, just for the harshness of which you're willing to go on a guy that did play in the NBA Finals, and I love Russell Westbrook, but hey, for for stepping out, you get a point on that one. Uh, we're gonna segue from those Rockets to the Milwaukee Bucks and a man by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who everybody thinks is gonna leave Milwaukee uh, after his contract is up. He tweeted yesterday, quote, "Good one to learn from. Let's get." The next one, this is after, of course, the Bucs blew a late lead to Houston. Everybody thought the game was over. At least I did. I want to know who you think Giannis is actually talking to, and uh, should Bucks fans be confident that Giannis will be a Buck for life? Adam, you're up. Yeah, I- I'm still personally
2: confident that he is going to be a Buck for life. I- I'm not sure who on his team he was talking to there. If anyone, it was Wes Matthews, who appears to have not entered the bubble for real yet. We're still waiting on you, Wes. Um, but Giannis, you know, he called out James Harden. He specifically said, you know, that he thought he was a liability on defense. And then he decided to take him to the post repeatedly. The one place where Harden's defense kind of shines, I guess he was probably calling himself out, get Harden around the perimeter. Don't just make him go strong in the paint. Cause he can do that.
0: Giving you an extra point there for the action. I, I do think he was, he was literally talking to himself. The tweet could have been, who was Giannis talking to? Giannis, good one to learn from. Giannis, get the next one. Ashley, what do you say?
1: I think that we are still bored and finding way too much to make of nothing. He was just tweeting, showing that he wasn't bitter. It was an ugly loss. It was a sloppy loss. The tweet means nothing. And I think it's incredibly naive to sit there and think that Giannis, with this star power, with the Nike deal, with the international recognition, is going to stay in Wisconsin. The rumored offers no disrespect to the Midwest. I'm excited to get back to the Chicago. But when you have bigger market teams that want you to play for them, you go and you find the deal.
0: Oh, there's like daggers all to the heart. I, and I, I'm giving point for daggers. because if, if you make me feel it, I give you points. So we're tied up here at five after our first two questions. And I don't know, an NBA player can get paid, you know, can market himself from anywhere these days, even little old Milwaukee, Wisconsin. By the way, I want to go crack a Miller High Life right after the show today. Always a delicious opportunity there. Such an underrated beverage. But let's move on to question three, and uh, we're going to our NBA coaches here, and the coaches of the year uh, go to Mike Budenholzer of the Bucks. best record in basketball coming into the bubble and uh, Billy Donovan on the shocking thunder. But I'm wondering, did Toronto's Nick Nurse get disrespected? The Raptors were not exposed to uh, be where they're at either. Ashley, you're up here. What do you think?
1: I'm going to spin this a minute because I think that Billy Donovan, his winning this is well-deserved. Not a lot of teams can reco- recover from losing Hall of Fame players in the way that he did. The disrespect is not to Nick Nurse. I think the disrespect is not winning a title straight up. You have to co-win this coach recognition. That's insane. You either win it or you don't. To have to split the trophy in half, that's more disrespectful than any recognition Nick Nurse did or didn't get.
0: I'm with you. It feels like kissing your sister and or brother. What's this co-thing going on here?
1: Your words, (laughs) not mine.
0: (laughs) Definitely right here. Uh, Adam, what do you say about this coach of the year situation?
1: I don't think
2: Nick Nurse should feel disrespected. There's no shame in losing the coach of the year to Mike Budenholzer, who all he does is win coach of the year. Uh, Nick Nurse is the one, though, who is paving the way in the East. Nick Nurse is the one who outdueled the Milwaukee Bucks last year when it mattered most. And Nick Nurse is the one with the hardware. So as far as I'm concerned, where I'm sitting, where I'm looking at this coaching battle, I'd rather be Nick Nurse, and I'd rather have what Nick Nurse has. So if he feels disrespected when he goes to sleep tonight, just look at the ring.
0: That is a good coaching maneuver as far as where he can feel better, but like I'll just give my thought here. Nick Nurse did the most with less. He lost Kawhi Leonard. They were coming off winning an an NBA championship. The Raptors had every reason to kind of go the other way this year, but uh, that championship is still in them, and Nick has coached it out of them. Budenholzer's got more talent. Maybe I can make an argument for the Thunder against myself because no one was expecting that, but Chris Paul's been a hell of a player here, so – uh, I give more credit to Paul than I do to Billy Donovan. All right, I'm answering my own stuff here. Question four, let me get back. Let's say one more with the NBA guys before I move on to some college action. Uh, question four, the NBA, if you're watching the games in the bubble, you realize that they're piping in crowd noise to try and simulate what would be a normal game on TV for the TV viewer. I'm asking, if, does the fan noise help or does it actually hurt the broadcast? Adam, what do you think?
2: Look, maybe I'm insane, and after months of isolation, I probably actually am. But I love the fake crowd noise. I love everything about the NBA's ambiance so far. I've loved the NHL. I don't even have a problem with the MLB ambiance, except for the Fox digital fans, who are the absolute worst. So as long as the NBA is giving me a pretty picture, uh, they can pump the crowd noise in whenever they want. And, And so far, I have not noticed too much of a difference in the broadcast. I'm about as comfortable as I could
0: be. Points for looking for beauty in your life. Ashley, you're up.
1: I think that if you are against the crowd noise in these games, you need to find a hobby because you're just complaining to complain. There's no way that we've waited through this pandemic in quarantine for basketball to return to hear sneakers squeaking on the court. That's not what it's about. You want the crowd noise. It's background noise. For you to look me in the eyes and say that it sounds fake or it's unnecessary, that's absolutely absurd. It's necessary to the ambience of the game. And it's the most normal sense of basketball that we're going to have for a while.
0: I am going to look you in the eyes and tell you that I love sneakers. If and they mic lo- up
1: the players, I'll listen to that all day.
0: Yeah. Well, the that's sister. the other thing. We're missing the players. We don't get to hear them. We get this. Well, I we
1: don't... know why we can't hear the players.
0: Yeah, that's true. We, you get a point for that. We do know why. We can't hear the players. Um, All right, 10-10, your score after four basketball questions. We move to what's going on in college football specifically, although it's really all of college athletics, as we go out west to the Pac-12. And the players are joining together to try and get some security from the conference before getting back on the field. They want a written contract that legally ensures Uh, Players are going to have some protections and some benefits, some of the things that they want, uh, fighting racial injustice, securing some economic rights, fair compensation, protecting all sports. Schools like Stanford and the Pac-12 have cut a bunch of sports and have a huge endowment. Players are calling that out. They want long-term health insurance as well. Question number five, that means, Ashley, you're up. Are the players asking for too much?
1: If you think that a group of athletes asking for a safe place to play and the right to practice free speech is asking too much, then you need to go sit on that because that's absurd. They absolutely deserve a safe space and the things that they're asking for are exactly what we would want from our own employers or if our children are playing sports. We want that for them. And I don't know what everyone else was doing when they were 20 years old in college, but I wasn't advocating for a better environment in college. So great for them for standing up I commend them for their leadership.
0: Very, Maybe your strongest answer so far is to in yourself into what you were doing as a college student, and there's no chance I that I would studying. be doing that. I was I mean, studying. I was studying. I would never be doing what these guys are doing, uh, and, and women. Adam, what do you say?
2: I know the goal is for this to be a debate show, uh, but I will not sit on it. I'm going to agree with everything Ashley had to say. At this point, we've watched, haven't we watched enough of college athletes get taken advantage of by the higher parties that run these money-making endeavors? I mean, there is nothing like a college football Saturday uh, for the university specifically. The players, are, you know, if this is the last time most of these athletes will ever be athletes. And if we can't expect them to be protected when they're the ones actually putting their nose on the line, then then what can we hope for?
0: So I'm giving Ashley one extra point on that question. She leads 14-13, but uh, uh, the, the sit-on-it thing, I mean, I'm the oldest person here, I think, by a good margin, and that's like happy days of the Fonz growing up. I think they said things like sit-on-it, and the fact that <laughs> Ashley used that term is, is making me feel just um, maybe younger in the moment, so thank you. <laughs> that's why you got the extra point there. Uh, question six, we're going to baseball here, team. And so the Marlins and the Cardinals have had multiple cases. The Cardinals, it was announced today, 13 cases, uh, baseball games being postponed and at an alarming rate here. The question is this, uh, and and listen closely here because I'm slightly tweaking it. Should the teams like the Cardinals be penalized for not – adhering to policy they're they're not going to play their next four games should they all be losses they're playing the tigers and the tigers should maybe just get wins rather than making these games up i'm wondering if there should be penalties for those players who maybe it's unfair but somehow some way contracted the disease in mass and there's rumors on what the cardinals have been doing off the field like going to casinos and whatever else that were was not exactly right adam which way you go on here should they be penalized for this
2: yeah, I think if we can confirm the rumors and we can sort of get some absolute proof that the Marlins and Cardinals broke protocol in the way that we're hearing they did. And there's no evidence that that's not true right now. So, uh, you know, I've heard it from multiple sources, John Heyman and uh, Jerry, Jerry Harrison, Jr. Both said the Cardinals went to a casino this weekend. Uh, so if that is the case. I do think we're getting to the point where the number of games that have to be made up are untenable and there have to be consequences for putting the schedule under this much duress. So yeah, unfortunately, I do think the responsible parties have to be held accountable.
0: We most definitely are running out of time. I have no idea how they're going to do it. Maybe it'll be three inning double headers. Ashley, what say you, should they be punished?
1: As much as I want to punish players for not, you know, doing their moral duty to keep everyone safe, the issue is greater than that. It's that MLB did not create a safe environment for the season to continue. That is where you need to place the blame. They put their players in an unsafe position, and to pass the blame off on the players, that's just immature, and that's embarrassing leadership. Baseball had all the time in the world to create safer and more just like, oh my God, I'm angry about it. But they had the time to do it and they didn't. And that's where who should be punished is leadership.
0: Do we both think, Ashley, take this first. Do you think they need to create a bubble to forge ahead or no?
1: There's part of me that's bitter and says, you know, you dug your grave. So be it. But also these are lives at stake. At the end of the day, this isn't a matter of me being angry. It's a matter of keeping human beings safe. I think they need to do whatever is necessary to ensure that safety.
0: Adam, should they ensure safety here or just keep rolling along here? Yeah, I think the problem
2: is that there's no perfect bubble setup in the same way that there is for the NHL and NBA. If you're creating a bubble in Arizona, I mean, that's like 12 spring training sites and there's still car rides and there's still transportation. And if you're creating a bubble in Florida, that's Florida. Uh, So I would love to see them manage to do it. I don't know if there's a prudent way to create a bubble
0: at this point. Yeah. 17 apiece here, team, with six questions in as we move to our final five. This has been a battle royale here. Question seven. Ashley's up first. Uh, So Rob Manfred told MLB players, uh, the Players Association's executive director, Tony Clark, he did this on Friday, that if the sport doesn't do a better job of managing the virus, it could shut down for the season. So Manfred is basically blaming the players. Ashley, you're already shaking your head, so I think I know where you're going here. Was Manfred right to blame the players?
1: Absolutely not. I alluded to this in my last answer, but he set the league up to fail. You get paid the big bucks. That's why you have the title. You're in charge of making these difficult decisions. The coronavirus is not a toddler that's running around that we need to rein in. It's a contagious virus. We know what it does. It wreaks havoc. It's not going anywhere. And to sit here and pass the blame because you dropped the ball, is absolutely unacceptable. He, I cannot believe he said that. That is a disturbing thing.
0: A rough moment, perhaps, for Manfred. Adam, which way are you going? I think this is almost a two-pronged answer. I think it would have been fine for
2: Manfred to blame the players responsible behind closed doors, but I think releasing a statement like this that puts the onus on them as opposed to the infrastructure, where we wasted month after month after month of the players asking to be paid fair wages and the owners who assume none of the responsibility saying that they can't possibly take a loss. Well, guess what? Now we're here, and there's the chance that the season has to be postponed or canceled, uh, and the owners might take a loss anyway after wasting all of our health protocol time.
0: Which does make me wonder, for the record, did they do this on purpose because they knew with more games being played that they were going to lose more money? So, hey, let's not create this bubble because we don't think we're going to be able to recoup the cost. So we'll just put them out there, and then eventually enough teams will catch it, and we'll just shut it down. I don't think that's going on, but there are some – you know it's very strategic slash at times diabolical people out there that maybe that is a, it's a possibility i don't know well, yeah just remember that they claimed they were going
2: to take this huge loss and then one day after they announced the baseball season summer camp was already sponsored by camping world so they can <laughs> find money
0: <laughs> they are good at that too yes there's there's some some good salespeople around the game that could figure out that there's, oh, there's more money over here. Let's do question eight, team, and that's Aaron Judge. This is up your Adam, uh, up your alley, Adam. <laughs> um, a, a homer in five straight. He was on the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Amazing interviewer on that uh, little moment in time. Uh, and now, he, you know, he's spoken out about social injustice. He's taken shots at the Astros. He's been incredible on the field. He plays in New York is Aaron Judge the new face of baseball? Adam, what say you? I think Aaron Judge is the new face of
2: baseball. I think if Mike Trout or Bryce Harper wanted to be the face of baseball, they might be by now. But it's pretty clear that when you are the biggest and brightest star in the game and the most unique star in the game, nobody's like Aaron Judge. We've never seen a player like Aaron Judge, and we probably won't again. Not, you know, there will be more power hitters. There will not be more 6-7 tight ends with Notre Dame offers hitting home runs at Yankee Stadium. Uh, and he's come out, he thought he deserved the MVP in 2017. I think a lot of people did too. He's come out in this shortened season proving that he is
0: ready. I would question you on that we'll never see him again, although we haven't certainly seen anybody like that before. Yeah. But maybe Adam can see the future better than I can see the future. That's entirely possible. Ashley, That's what Adam. do you That's think? Brown University.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> exactly Adam's, right. Adam's fanboying a little bit to say that we'll never see anyone like <laughs> Adam or Aaron Judge again he is a freak of nature he is a special specimen and he's undoubtedly the face of baseball he has all the workings that Mike Trout couldn't give us a personality he speaks out the way he's his game speaks for itself but he has the added layer of playing for the Yankees that is the biggest face on the biggest brand he is undoubtedly the face of baseball and I don't think that's going to change for a while. Woof!
0: Like anybody who's not a Yankee fan, which I believe is the two of the three of us here, it, it's just painful that, yes, if you play for New York, you have a built-in advantage that more people care about you than running around with the Angels. But it's true. Uh, so we are tied up at 22 apiece here. Moving to question nine, three to go as we go across town in New York. This is my one of my favorite stories of the week here. Uh, New York met Ioannis Cespedes. Opting out of the 2020 season, now it was making its way around social media today. Nobody knows where Cespedes is. Well, the team found out when they went to the hotel and he was gone and packed up his bags and had just gone on home. I'm asking, did Cespedes owe the Mets a call or is this the ultimate player power? Like, hey, I'm not happy with you and I'm just leaving home. And by the way, you're the Mets, so you don't even deserve a phone call. Ashley, you're up.
1: I think it could be both. It was undoubtedly the biggest power move in opting out that we've seen thus far. But you owe your teammates a phone call. You don't just not show up to the game. How do we know you're not dead in a ditch? And the Mets, their statement literally said, we've reached out to him and we can't find him. So I almost respect him, but the Mets were so negligent in how they handled it. You can't put a statement out saying this guy's MIA. That's so wildly irresponsible. So I'm glad he's okay, but I would not ever recommend opting out or quitting your job in such a manner.
0: I like you naming the Mets for their issue. Like, don't say anything. Just, And if you are, then, then have fun with it. Cespedes ghosted us. Uh, Adam, you're up. <laughs> well, every day I wake up and I text my boss, I'm not dead in a ditch, just
2: so that he <laughs> will know. So, uh, Ioannis, you, you can do that. Uh, but I, I think the Mets, everybody erred, right? The Mets erred. They shouldn't have released a statement that made us think that he was kidnapped by a cartel in a road city. Uh, Cespedes shouldn't have been unavailable at his hotel room when they checked. The le- he certainly owed them a phone call. I don't think it's baller to ditch the team. Uh, but at, And I, the Mets did have to put out a statement. You can't have the announcers looking in the dugout going, he's not there. Hmm, wonder what's going on. But that being said, uh, no one handled this properly. Blame goes to the Mets because they're the Mets. <laughs>
0: it, I do find it amazing that you can achieve that level of of success in like making millions of dollars, and yet you don't realize that you owe your employer who's paying you that level of money a freaking phone call. Hello, I'm leaving. I know maybe you felt bad about it, or maybe you just had other reasons, perhaps that your 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 attention was elsewhere, that you just wanted to get out of there and just maybe maybe the maybe the cell phone died. There's a there's a reason, but not good enough. Ask somebody else for a phone and, and make a call. All right, 25 apiece here. Two questions to go. Adam, you're up first here. Back to football. Last two are from the NFL here. Uh, The New Orleans Saints, I like this, Um, they rented out floors of the Lowe's Hotel in New Orleans to create a bubble-like atmosphere for players and staff members who chose to stay there during the next month of training. Should this be mandatory for all teams, what the Saints are doing? Adam. Yes.
2: I, I At this point, the NFL should take whatever it can get. If a team is running a successful set of protocols, then every team should emulate those protocols because they are on the razor's edge of not being able to complete or start an NFL season, right? They, they had the luxury of time and somehow we've gone the whole summer and now it's time to report to training camp and the NFL's coronavirus strategy is basically, uh, look at baseball, aren't they bad? So if an individual team comes up with something that works, I think everybody should borrow it. And this is working
0: so far. Ashley, should every team be staying in a hotel? What do you think?
1: Uh, If I haven't made my bubble or bust statement clear thus far, I am all in on the bubble. I think you need to take as many precautions as you can to ensure the safety of your team. If your team stays healthy, there's a season, everyone makes money, everyone's happy when they get paid. But the bar is already on the floor. The Saints creating their own bubble isn't this revolutionary step. I think it sets a precedent and challenges the NFL to make that a mandate league-wide because we've seen the success of bubbles.
0: And if I'm the Saints, by the way, I'm saying you're the staying in this damn hotel and you're not playing for us. That's how we're doing it. Right here, don't trust any of you. No disrespect. Maybe I actually trust some of you more than I trust others of you, but you're all going to be lumped into one thing. You get paid a ton of money. And this is the deal for the next six months. If you, and by the way, if you don't want to do it, that's totally cool. Depending on your situation, we'll figure out your salary. This is a little bit of a utopian calm thing because these things need to be collectively bargained. But that's what I would like to do. All right. Ashley, by one, going into our final round, question 11. Odell Beckham Jr. does not think the NFL should come back and play this season. Uh, Beckham talking to the Wall Street Journal: "Quote: We're not ready for a football season, so why are we trying to push forward? Should the NFL, right now on August the third, follow Beckham's advice and not even try this?" Ashley, what do you think?
1: I think that it is not missed on me that not everyone makes Odell Beckham Jr. money. There are so many jobs at stake in the NFL. There's a majority of players that don't make generational wealth from playing in the NFL. So to just say screw it let's forget the season that's not a realistic thing I think what he is saying in his statement he's calling out the league to do better to provide more safe options for the league we saw what happens when the players spoke out during the Black Lives Matter video that took off Goodell released a statement there's power in speaking out
0: okay last crack at it Adam what should they follow Beckham Jr.'s advice the NFL listening to Odell what do you think Wow, you're telling me
2: the guy who skipped a week of playoff practice to go on a boat party doesn't want to try? That's so out of character. Um, I I think the NFL should absolutely try to have a season. I don't want to get Kyle Branted here, and I don't want people to claim I'm rooting against the season. I need a a job, and I want to watch the NFL on Sundays. But Ashley is right. Odell is trying. He's using a last-ditch effort to speak truth to power. Um, the league is not ready, and there will not be a season if the league is not ready. So, why not heed Odell's words now and uh, get ready?
0: What was that last word? Get ready. <laughs> ah! I am going to let this one die on the vines right there with Ashley sneaking out a 29 28 thriller. Over Yanks go yard. It's it is Sixers over Knicks, Phillies over Mets and, and Yankees. And a, a tremendous battle, by the way, with a lot for all of us to sit on and to <laughs> think about as a sport in order coming to an end today. Odell Beckham. I can't be with you, my friend. Let we're we're gonna try this. And when it's proven that we can't do it anymore, then we won't try it any longer. But uh, I think the NFL needs to try and think creatively, by the way. Multiple bubbles. Get everybody – be as creative as you possibly can be to try and have football. Uh, Don't give up yet, but I think doing a lot of things different makes a whole lot of sense. All right, Yanks Go Yard, Adam, you were awesome. Tremendous to have you on the show. Can't wait to do it again with you. Thank you for playing.
2: Thanks so much. This was uh, spectacular. Actually, I will trade you for the winner graphic,
0: though. Can I
1: have it. <laughs> I know this is. I've never seen this. But this is pretty cool. I love it. Uh,
0: and Ashley, would you like? Oh, look at. I love that, Ashley. What would you uh, like to say as the winner this week? We always like to get a statement from our winners.
1: You know, I'm a gracious winner. Um, I'm. Thank you for the challenge, Adam. But I'm going to shout out their podcast. Go listen to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. They are starting that up. Give it a listen. Go like, subscribe, all that fun podcast stuff because Adam's a really cool guy, even though I kicked his
0: butt. Yeah, Adam and Thomas are absolutely killing it early going here, and they're just going to keep on going and going and going and going until the Cubs and the Yankees meet in the World Series, and it goes to the north side this year. All right. Thank you for watching Sport in Order, the podcast. Uh, The listeners, thank you so much. We come out every Monday afternoon with Sport in Order. Thanks again for watching, and we will see you next week.